We're going to preach about baptism this morning. I believe in the whole counsel of God. If it's in the Bible, you'll probably eventually hear me preach about it. I heard about a preacher that every, every Sunday he preached about baptism. Every single Sunday. He was there for many, many years. And every single Sunday he preached about baptism. They begin to, uh, the, the, the people in the church began to grow a little weary of that. They took that to the church board. And so the church board approached the pastor. And they, they talked to him about it. But you know what? He got up the next Sunday and he preached about baptism. That went on for weeks. And so they went back to him again and said, hey, look. So finally, they, they got a, an idea, and they, 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 they voted, and they said, you know what, we're going to, they, they said, we need, to, we need to present a text every Sunday for the pastor to preach. And so they, they voted on it, and they went to the pastor, they made a resolution, they told the pastor, we've made a resolution that we're going to pick your text that you preach every Sunday. This is not a good way to run a church, by the way, Amen. but it is a good joke. <laughs> so he, gets, he got up Sunday, and he read the text that they gave him. They gave him a text in Psalms about a turtle in the desert. And he said, if there's a turtle in the desert, he's looking for one thing, water. And from there he preached baptism. <laughs> I believe in preaching the whole counsel of God. We gotta, if it's in the Bible, we've got to declare it. Amen. But tonight, today we're going to be preaching about baptism and new birth. We are going to baptize a couple of candidates. And listen, if you are born again and haven't been baptized... You need to get baptized. We are, we are not saved by baptism. Baptism does not save us. But it does demonstrate a willingness to obey and follow Jesus. Jesus said, I am going to be baptized. John, John didn't want to be baptized. or He didn't want to baptize Jesus. He wanted to be, when Jesus came to him, he said, I, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, I, I need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. If he did it to fulfill all righteousness, we should do it by his example. Amen? So baptism doesn't save us. I, we, we don't. Some, some people teach this, that you have to be baptized in water and you have to speak in tongues to be saved. That's what, what, it's not consistent with what Scripture teaches. We, we don't believe in atonement by tongues or by water. We believe in atonement by the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that saves us. Amen? He died for our sins, and that's what saves us. And it's faith in the work that Jesus did at Calvary in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's our faith, belief, acceptance of that that makes us right with God. That's what saves us. Now, I do believe that baptism is... It's a sign, like in the Old Covenant, there was a sign of circumcision that said these, these are a, a, a saved people, a people set apart for the purpose of God. And I believe that a New Testament sign of our salvation is baptism. If we are saved, we need to get baptized. We should get baptized. I believe you should immediately get baptized. As quick as you can, get baptized. We, we have a, a situation today in our culture where we've got a lot of baptized unbelievers and a lot of unbaptized believers because they were baptized as infants before they ever came to faith, but they, don't, they, they never did. They never came to a faith in Christ. And so they're not believers, but they've been baptized. And then we've got believers that have just never been obedient 
and baptized. I, I heard, I was watching Jensen Franklin this week. I've been, I, I, I love, if, if you want to see something cool, just go on the, it's Free Chapel. Jensen Franklin's a pastor in, down in Georgia. And they, they live stream their Baptist, baptism services. And, and Jensen, he, he's, it's a mega church, thousands and thousands of people. In fact, they have like five or 10,000 people in Georgia. And then they have a campus in California with thousands of people as well. So it's a mega church, and he's still baptizing every Sunday. I love that. But he, he interviews, as they baptize, he interviews, he, he hears the testimony of these people. Why are you getting baptized today? And it's powerful to hear these testimonies of these people coming to, to be baptized. It, it, it really is. There was an almost 80-year-old minister. He was an ordained minister. And he came to be baptized by Jensen Franklin. And Jensen asked him, why, why, sir, why? And he knew him. He knew this minister. He said, sir, why have you come to be baptized today? And he said, I'm a, I was embarrassed because I didn't get baptized when I was saved. And I let it go so long it was embarrassing. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. There, there is no shame. Amen. Don't, don't rob yourself of the joy. Listen, baptism, it's an ordinance of the church, but it's not just a ritual. It's, just, it's not just some practice that we do that it really has no significance. There, there's great significance in being baptized. I believe something transpires. I believe when we go down with those in those waters, being acquainted with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, and we come up out of those, water, those waters in newness of life, I believe that something happens. Something transpires. I remember the day that I was baptized. God did something in me. It does something when we identify, when we make a public declaration in baptism, showing the world I identify with Jesus, his death upon the cross, and his resurrection from the grave. Something transpires and is established, I believe, in our hearts when we are baptized. So let's look at Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is the Great Commission. This is the charge that Jesus has given us. This is the charge that Jesus has given to the church. There are two things in this specifically that Jesus has told us to do. Go make disciples. Teach the things that I have commanded you. That's the first thing. The second thing is to baptize. We were instructed in this passage to baptize. Let's read it. Jesus came and told his disciples I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you see that? He instructs us to teach and to baptize. So that kind of blows the idea that baptism is not really important out of the water, doesn't it? Amen. We need to be baptizing. Amen? Why? What's the significance of baptism? First of all, it, baptism is a picture of the gospel. It is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 
Dr. Brasfield, when he was here a month or two back, he talked about our co-crucifixion. The fact that we, as believers, have been crucified with Christ. He talked about this idea that not only did Jesus die for us, he died as us. In other words, he took all of our sin upon himself and and died for us so that we do not have to taste death. That's the gospel, and that's not where it ends. He was buried, and on the third day, he didn't stay in the ground. He got up. He resurrected, demonstrating that he has the, the, the keys, the power over death, hell, and the grave, and that those things cannot conquer us, demonstrating to us that we can have eternal life with God if we trust in him. And so the gospel, or the baptism declares the gospel, this message to us. Romans chapter 6, we're going to begin to read there in verse 1. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? And the preceding verse says that wherever sin abounds, God's grace much more abounds. So, you know, if, 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 you know, where we find a lot of sin, there's a bunch of grace, shouldn't we just keep on sinning so that more grace can show up? That's the attitude that some people have. And Paul says, is this what what we should think about it? Of course not. Since we are dead to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, do you see that? When we were joined with Christ in baptism, We joined him in his death. It's a picture of a funeral. Baptism is like going to your own funeral. Zavian and Nalila, you guys are going to be baptized today. It's like going to your own funeral. It's a picture of the fact that we have died. The old man died with Jesus. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Amen. See, Jesus didn't just break our, our, our deal with the penalty of sin, which is what? Death? He didn't, he didn't just pay those wages. He also broke the power of sin. Amen. We are no longer slaves to sin, by the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us, by the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Titus said that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us that if we deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, we can live righteously, godly, and sober in this present life. That's what Titus said. In other words, we don't have to live lives bound or dominated by sin. If we believe what Jesus did at the cross, and we are born again, 
and God's spirit comes to live on the inside of us, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer in that bondage. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we, now, we, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that clear? Doesn't it do good just to read the scriptures and to see the truth of God's word? That is such, so much, there's so much power in that. And what we see in this passage, again, is that, the, the, that baptism demonstrates the gospel. Baptism is a picture. It is a dramatization of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do we dunk people under the water and not sprinkle them? The reality is because you, you don't get saved in spots. <laughs> if you get saved, the whole of you gets saved. If you get saved, there has to be a funeral. The old man has to be buried, not sprinkled. We're not here to give you a shower and to make you look better on the outside. No, we are here for absolute, total transformation of your life. That's what the gospel does. It sets you free from your old nature, from the bondage and the power of sin, and it frees you to live to the purposes of God. You go down in those waters and you come up to newness of life, a new creation in Christ Jesus, a new man, new life, free from those old things, free from the curse of sin, free from the power of sin, absolute, complete freedom. That's what happens. That's what transpires. Another example of this we, we find in 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. It says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. Once. There's only one sacrifice that was needed. Amen. Jesus dying once paid for all of our sin. For once in all time, no longer is sacrifice necessary in the temple. Now we give a living sacrifice. It's no longer the, bull, the blood of bulls and goats, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered a physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached, the, the spirit, uh, preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And the water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. Well, I thought you said that baptism doesn't, save you. Well, what I mean by that is not, it's not this, this ordinance that we practice in the church of going under the water. It is being baptized, being acquainted, baptized into Jesus, acquainted 
with his death, burial, and resurrection. You were dead. I've gone to the wrong verse. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. And it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see that there again? The correlation of baptism to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. One more time in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, when, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised. How many men are glad that we've gone from circumcision to baptism as the sign of faith? I am. You were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to his cross. And skipping down from verse 14 to, or, yeah, verse 14 to verse 20, you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. In other words, the regulations of man can't save us. Religious rituals can't save us. So why do we get hung up on those things? These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Is, is there anybody in here that's ever tried to quit sinning? Anybody that was ever addicted to something? Anybody have a 30-year habit? And you tried. It's getting there. You, you tried to quit. I tried. I tried. I came to the Lord, and for 18 months, I tried. You know what had to happen? I come, had to come to an altar and die. That's the only thing that works. The old nature has to be put to death with Jesus. That's the only thing that works. So, amen. So, I want to give one more thought, and then we're going to pickle some people in Jesus. If Jesus were from Kentucky, pickling would have been in the Bible. No doubt. The Greek words for baptism, they're, they're, they're word pictures dyeing a garment, putting the garment in the dye. 
and that, that garment coming up completely saturated with that dye. The nature of that garment forever changed. That's the picture. In American culture, it would have been pickling. You put a cucumber in a mason jar, you don't sprinkle it with vinegar. You pickle it. You put the vinegar and the pickle and the vinegar. You, I'm sorry, you put the, the, the pickle, the, the cucumber in the vinegar, and the vinegar gets in the pickle, gets in the cucumber. That's the picture. It's us in Christ and Him in us. We are pickled in Him. When you really get baptized, and I'm not just talking about the, the, the thing that we're about to do, putting people in the water, but when you are really saved and baptized into Christ, we go in Him and He gets in us. It transforms our being. It makes us new. That's why it says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and everything has become new. So when people take, out a, take a bite out of you, you ought to taste like Jesus. So, so one last thing. I, I want to ask this question, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pickle people. By what authority do we baptize? Let's go back to our text. Jesus came and told his disciples, this is Matthew 28, 18. I, 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 have, given all, I have been given all authority. Did you see that? I have been given all authority. When we baptize, we baptize by the authority of Jesus. That's why when we baptize, we baptize in the name of Jesus. There, for, for whatever reason... There is a controversy over that. Do we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or do we baptize in the name of Jesus? Some, some people claim that when you baptize in the name of Jesus, you, you deny the nature of God, the triune nature of God, the theological term, the Trinity, that if we baptize in Jesus' name, we deny the Trinity. Look at this. He says, I, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he commands his disciples, go and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I want, I want to read a few passages of Scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Jesus, uh, Peter replies, he says, Each one of you should repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So is Peter disobeying the Lord there when he, didn't, didn't Jesus say that baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Peter tells them, in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 10, verse 45 through 48, it says the Jewish believers came to Peter and were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles as well. And they heard them speak in other tongues Praising God. And Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit as, you, as we did? 
So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with him for several days. So is Peter being disobedient to the Great Commission? Acts 19, verse 1 through 7 says, Apollos was in Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. And Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who should come after, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of, the, uh, the name of Jesus. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And there were about 12 men in all. So is Paul here being disobedient to the Great Commission? I, I want to suggest that we have made a great controversy over something that has, should not be controversial. I baptize, I have my entire ministry. When I baptize, I pronounce the name of Jesus over people. I have baptized with friends of mine. He brought, they brought their church, we brought our church, we met at the river, and we baptized people. I pronounce the name of Jesus and this minister pronounced the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do I think he's in rebellion? No, I think he was obeying what Jesus said. I don't think that it is a, a matter, the, the, the semantics aren't what matters. You know what matters? That we understand that we are doing this, that, 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 that the only way we will ever stand before God And be forgiven of our sins and declared righteous is if we stand before him in the name of Jesus Christ. He is the one who died for our sins. And there is, the Bible says in Acts, that there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. I believe that name, the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, is the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, All authority has been given unto me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says this. It says that, that God has shined the light into our hearts that we could have a revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I think we have fought and divided over an unnecessary controversy. We're all following Jesus we all understand that it's by his authority that, you, that we were saved. Is your baptism invalid if that name Jesus wasn't pronounced or if it wasn't done with the Father, Son, and the Holy There's all this controversy over it. It is unnecessary. What's important is that we understand that we died with him and we are buried with him and that we rose with him in newness of life. And we are baptized into Christ. Another passage, there, were, there was so much I wanted to share on this topic today. I didn't have time on it, but uh, time for it all. But in another place in Colossians, it talks about the, the fact that we have been united with Christ in baptism. That's why I pronounce the name of Jesus. I see it 
They, they use, all throughout Acts, they use the name of Jesus or they say the name of the Lord when they're baptizing. I don't think there's any controversy there. I think what matters is that we understand there's no way to be saved but by him. We don't come in our own merit. We don't pray in our name, right? I don't pray in Mary's name. I don't pray in the name of Pastor Bill. He's a great guy. But there's only one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Amen? I've got one more passage of Scripture. Listen, if you're a candidate for baptism, Kitty is downstairs. So if you'll meet her right under this stairwell, Miss Aline is going to come and give you our announcements while we get ready to baptize here. I want to read one passage as Aline is coming. Matthew chapter 3. This is the baptism of Jesus. Verse 13, it says, Jesus went from Galilee to Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus says to him, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to, be, to, to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, and the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. What a beautiful Beautiful picture. Amen? Nothing brings more joy to the heart of God than baptism, new birth. When we are baptized into Christ, when we identify with him and his death, burial, and resurrection. Listen, if you need salvation, you can't get to heaven and you can't have a relationship with God without, you need to hear this, without accepting what Jesus has done for you. There is no other way. You're not good enough. I've tried for 24 years. I'm still not good enough. It's just because of Jesus. Listen, give your life to the Lord. Come see me. I will pray with you. I will help you get your walk established with the Lord. Don't leave it till tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. There's no guarantee you'll wake up tomorrow. There's too much at stake. Begin a walk with the Lord. Begin a relationship with the Lord. Get baptized in Jesus. Get pickled in the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Give your life to the Lord. Listen, if you need to get baptized, we're going to baptize next week. Register, come see me, call me, whatever you do, whatever you need to do, let's get you baptized. Amen. Aline, please come and make our announcements. You all can register to be baptized at returnchurch.org. So how exciting to do that. Makes me want to get baptized all over again. Isn't it wonderful to understand? Isn't that beautiful? And I love its analogy. You know, when people take a bite out of me, do they taste Jesus? Oh, that's good. Isn't that good? I was born in Kentucky, so that resonated with me. But isn't that good? Wow, what, what do people taste when they take a bite out of me, my attitude? 
Oh, we're so blessed, you all. Think who's living inside of us, walking with us. We're just getting pickled, and it's just wonderful. So exciting. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We want to welcome all of you here today. If this is your first time, we sure hope you feel the love of Jesus. And all of you online, hello. We're so glad you're there and tuned in. And again, we just are missing you and can't wait, wait to see you back here again. Look at your neighbor and say, good morning. It's been great worshiping with you. Yeah, it's so good to be churching. We are blessed. Just a reminder that you can watch our weekly devotional every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Facebook Live. If you can't catch it live, you can find the recording on our website at returnchurch.org. A reminder that we have prayer in the chapel on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Everyone is encouraged to attend. And you know, we certainly want to do our best to wrap this ministry in prayer, don't we? And connect in. So please come for those two sweet sessions with the Lord. Also, men, Pastor Chad has scheduled all the men's breakfast gatherings. Very good, guys. For the next four months, you can register for the next one on our website at returnchurch.org under the Connect tab. It will take place on Saturday, August the 28th at 10 a.m. Ladies. Oh, yes. Our next virtual 31. Evening will take place on Friday, August the 20th at 6.30 p.m. Spread the word, bring friends, and let's have a good time as we always do in the Lord. Also, ladies, don't forget to bring a dish to share. Youth in grades 6 through 12, this Wednesday we're having a back-to-school party with water games. Youth night is from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., and we encourage you to bring friends. Please bring a towel and a change of clothes with you this Wednesday. Hey, Return, we love you. We're grateful for you. We're glad that we're churching together. God bless you, and have a wonderful week getting, what was it? pickled. Because of your profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ.
This is Zavian. He gave his life to Jesus last Sunday as well. Zavian, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask Steve Manicky to come and dismiss us at this time. Pastor Chad, one quick question. When is our men's Friday night? Is that the night before the, that August 27th? Okay, just want to add one thing to the announcements. On Friday evening, the 27th, there will be a special guest speaker with the men. And then we'll follow up Saturday morning on the 28th. So just want to make you aware of that and register. It would be a great time. We had a great time yesterday to all you that were there. And uh, if you weren't there, you missed these great donuts that Brother Mike made or brought. <laughs> he didn't make them, but he brought them. Almost forgot. Let, let, let me just say this. It's early. That's good. Let me, let me say this. It, it is good to see all of you guys here today. It, we have a lot of guests here today. Um, we got two special K's in the building today. My mother is back this Sunday. I'm thrilled about it. Praise God. I thank God for raising her up, giving her help. Amen. And the Manichees have a friend. Her name is Kay as well. She's visiting from Florida. God bless you. Glad to have you here. Glad to have all of y'all here. We are. If you are new to Return Church, we're, we're going to have a reception as soon as I get out of these wet clothes. Give me five minutes. We're going to have a reception. If you're new to the church, we would love to meet you. I'll be back there. My wife, Pastor Bill, and Elizabeth will be back there and a couple of our leaders. So we would love to greet you. We have coffee back there, some refreshments, some fruit, donuts, and things. And so we would love to see you back. You go straight down that hallway all the way back to the back. There is a uh, conference room back there. And we'd love to see you right after the service. All right. One last thing. We do have offering boxes in the back, and we just appreciate each and every one of you that have given and continue to support the ministry. And it's things like VBS, which we had a great, great uh, response from every one of you, and it just takes a lot more than even that sometimes. So different ministries. We need your support. That's what keeps it going. So we appreciate that. But remember, the two boxes in the back, we appreciate your contributions and support. Pray with me as we dismiss another beautiful service of being a family in the church at return. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your time, the time that we've had worshiping you today. We worship you. We come before your throne with humble hearts thanking you for the blessings watching over us keeping us leading us and guiding us we continue to look to you for your strength new vision lord i ask that you bless each and every one that's here today bless them keep them safe as they go their separate ways help them to be light for you as they go out into this world this week until we come back together again next Sunday in Jesus name we pray and everyone said amen, amen. have a blessed week <laughs>